Hey, it's Bill. This is episode number nine of Three Questions in a Song. With me tonight is Doug Carnahan from the band After the Fall. What's up, Doug? What's going on, Bill? Not too much. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about your song, The Fight, um, which was released on April 17th, if I remember correctly. You remember yeah. better than I do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Here's why I remember. Matt sent me the uh, the artwork today, and it says April 17th on it. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. And he, and he told me to black it out. <laughs> <laughs> so... um. This this really like there's no segues or anything on this. I ask a question, you answer it, and I ask the next question. All right, buddy, lay it on me. Okay, so I know you used to play in, in a couple of hard rock bands, and you play solo acoustic shows, and now you front after the fall, which is a heavy rock and metal band. Correct. So my first question is, what musicians would you say have influenced you? Well, um, you know, Bill, that's that's a I could I could let sit here and answer that question all night long. Um, I, my influences range from you know the the fifties and sixties the the whole way up to uh, you know early two thousands, man. But the ones that that really had an impact on me, I would say uh, uh, Elvis Presley, the Beach Boys, Alice in Chains, Guns and Roses would probably be Alice in Chains, Guns and Roses, and uh, Stone Temple Pilots. I would say are probably my top three. But uh, you know I dig. Uh, all, all kinds of music, and I, I think that that's uh, you know, it's reflective in in the music that I that I write and play too. Because I when I do my solo acoustic stuff, you know, I do everything from uh, uh, there's a guy named John Prine. I don't know if you know John, John Prine is, but uh, I I have heard of him. Yeah, I do some of his stuff. I cover his stuff. I cover uh, Buddy Holly. I cover Creed's Clearwater Revival. Jim. Cross. Oh, I love CCR. Yeah, man. So I I you know my my influences span a wide wide range. But as far as like for what I do with After the Fall, I would definitely say you know that the nineties grunge and, and rock Guns N' Roses probably being my my number one man. I I really respect what they what they did. You know, it was a short short career they had, but uh, you know, and I mean old Guns N' Roses too. Not not what they're doing now. Not their money grabbing tour, man. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to change the title of the show. I'm going to call it Four Questions in a Song for this episode because I just thought of one that I have to ask. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it four. <laughs> um, and, and it kind of leads into me explaining something, too. Sure, go ahead. So for, for those of you that are familiar with the Build to Scene logo, there's this big um, microphone in it. And um, it's there for a specific reason. And I think Doug probably knows why now that I'm saying it. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love your microphone, <laughs> and and it's it, it's basically in my logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. And, I never put the two together that that's why he did it. <laughs> and and on top of that, Doug and I had a conversation a few years ago about trying to get um, music, musicians involved in in interviewing other musicians. And for those of you that have listened to this podcast before this episode, you probably realize that that's what the third question is. It's another musician asking a question of a musician. So I wanted to throw out how much Doug has influenced me. And I, I'm, and Doug didn't even realize it himself. So, <laughs> so my question is, what's up with the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, back when I was playing in my very first band, Devils Under the Influence, uh, we were playing with a band out of Maryland. They had come up here. They were on a tour. Um, they were called, uh, or what was the name of it? It was, uh, Junk Rod Joe and the Cadillac Hearse is what the name of the band. <laughs> that is an awesome name. Isn't it? And they, <laughs> they had a, it was a psychobilly band. Okay. 
And uh, they, the, the, the lead singer had a microphone that was that style. And I just thought, like, I couldn't take my eyes off that microphone all night. It just, like, you know, did, jumped out at me. Like, it set him apart from, from all these other bands I'd seen play. So I, I wanted to get my own microphone primarily because, like, I don't like using other people's microphones with their slobber and beer, you know, spray all over it and stuff. So, I mean, it's not good. But, uh, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll try to find one of those. So I did, some, did a little research and, uh, the model that I ended up buying was the newest one. And I, I guess some of the older mics, they had, uh, it was kind of unidirectional. They would pick up sounds from the rear, the way they built the microphone. You'd often get like crowd feedback and stuff. And this new model, they had fixed that. So uh, I went out and uh, I actually had to go to Guitar Center to buy. I hate Guitar Center. I hate, hate, hate Guitar Center. I hate going there. <laughs> Pianos and stuff didn't have it. That's my normal. Pianos and stuff. Any any musician out there, you want a, you want a good uh, a good good deal on stuff, or you know you people who know what they're doing, go to pianos and stuff. That's, I'm telling you, that's a shameless shameless plug there. But uh, yes, that's, that's that's the place to go. But I had to go to Guitar Center. They're the only people in the area that had it in stock, and uh, I, I got it, and I've, I've I've loved it ever since, man. It's a great microphone, especially for you know what we do, like live gigs and stuff, hard rock music. It's it's great. Okay, so that was a bonus question. I even labeled it as that. In nice, the nice. <laughs> So, so it's good that I doubled up the next question because we can fit that bonus question in. <laughs> hey man, I, I I dig the bonus question, dude. That was good. <laughs> so can you can you tell me what the writing process is normally for an after the fall song, and then specifically how it went for for the song fight? Absolutely, man. Um, well, normally how how it goes is, <clears throat> and this is the 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 norm, you know, but we, we deviate from the norm sometimes. But normally what happens is I'll I'll start the song, I'll I'll write either the, the sh- what I call the shell of it, or I'll even go as far as to, you know, finishing it, you know, like as far as just the uh, the music, the vocal melodies, you know, I do the lyrics too. But uh, what I'll do is I'll take it to the, the fellas at rehearsal and uh, they'll put in their parts, you know, to, to match whatever music I have written. And, um, you know, a lot of times, like if there's a, a part I'm hearing in my head, you know, like a specific bass part or a specific drum part, you know, I'll, I'll let the guys know and they'll, excuse me, they'll gladly honor that, you know, they'll they'll stick to the vision that I I had in my head. But really, the song really comes alive, though, after I bring it to them, because they've done so many things with with the songs that I've written that I I wouldn't have envisioned, you know, they they add so much to it. And I, you know, for as much as you know, I might be the one that writes the songs, it's those guys that actually bring it to life. So I, I couldn't do it with any other three guys out there. It has to be us four. And, uh, yeah, that's that's how we normally do it. And, and like I said, you know, there's times, too, where maybe Zach will come up with a riff or, uh, <clears throat> you know, sometimes we'll just be jamming at practice and something will come out. So but the the the, the normal way is how I described it. Now, for the fight, um, I had written the, the music. Uh, I, I had some inside information on this one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, for the fight, uh, actually, I, I said I had written the music. I take that back. I, I Zach had written uh, a riff. It all started with this riff that he had, and he uh, Facebook messaged it to me. <clears throat> excuse me again, and I, I listened to it, you know, and um, we kind of just you know dropped it. I really liked what he did, but I, I you know really didn't stick in my head. So we were actually on a way to a gig out in Ohio, I believe it was, or somewhere. It may have been Chicago. I don't know where we were. We were heading somewhere on the RV, and uh, I had said to Zach, you know, we should uh, work on that song, you know. So we went back in the back of the RV while Steve was driving it, and. Uh, we, we just started writing it. You know, we took some of the parts of what he had written. I, I added what I thought should be, you know, like structure to it. We made a, a chorus, you know, a verse, you know, strong, strong music composition. And then, uh, 
you know, I, I had some melodies kicking around in my head. I took that home and uh, was thinking about, you know, I was really stumped on the lyrics, though, Bill. I, the, built, the, the, the lyrics were, were, were killing me because I couldn't figure out. The song sounded like it should have the verse should be like, like, um, I don't know, like bad, like it should be sad or aggressive. And the, the chorus sounded like hopeful to me, you know, like I didn't know what, like, how do you mesh those two together, you know? And uh, I actually, my daughter, my daughter, Sydney, we were sitting in my dining room and I was working on it and I, I explained to her my dilemma and she said, well, why don't you just do both? Why don't you just make the, the verse, you know, like a, like a struggle, you know, like, and have the chorus kind of like resolve it and, you know, have the chorus be like the hopeful part. And, uh, you know, she's like, you can, you can write it. I mean, that, that could apply to anything in life. And it just it, it hit me like a ton of bricks, man. As soon as she said that, the, you know, I, I came up, like she said, you know, life, as that well, life, life's like a fight, you know, and, uh. And I, that's that's how it came to be, man. I am um, interesting, interestingly enough, if I could get that word out. Nice, <laughs> you got it. Um, I, I'm guessing that's why you thought when I showed you the review that was written for Build the Scene that that I wrote it because he kind of nailed part of what you just said, didn't he? <laughs> you know, well, what actually made me think of it, Bill, was because it was on Build the Scene, and Matt Matt had messaged me, and he said, "Hey." Do, uh, you know, did you read this review? He's like, check it out. We got 4.6 out of five. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good review. So I read it. And, uh, you know, I know build the scenes, your website, obviously, you know, so I, I sent Matt, I said, you know, was that bill who reviewed it? Cause I, I didn't scroll down to the end. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I didn't, or, or at the top. I mean, wherever, wherever Fernando is at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see his name. So I just, I saw build the scene and I thought bill Damiana, you know? So I was like, did bill write that? He says, ah, no, no, someone else, some guy named Fernando. And like, I, I know nobody named Fernando, dude. Like, I mean, that doesn't, that name doesn't even you know register to me because there's nobody. And I thought that was some pseudonym you were using, dude. I thought maybe that was like some clever pseudonym you were using. So I said to Matt, I said, are you sure that's not Bill? He said, no, Bill's, Bill's site just, just shared it. He actually thought your site just shared it. He thought it came from somebody else. So uh, uh, I borrowed him from first angel media. <laughs> that's, that's what I asked, man. You know, and then it's funny enough, he messaged me. <laughs> Just about like 15 minutes ago. And he's like, hey, hi, I'm Bill's alter ego. <laughs> yeah, I told him. <laughs> I, I had a good chuckle at that, man. But yeah, that I, I believe that's actually the first review he's written. And um, I was pretty impressed with it. Yeah, he, you he know. Good job. Yeah, he, his, I'll tell you what. He, I always respect people when they review music. That and, and, I mean, it could be a bad review. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. What, 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 what impresses me is when they, they draw out things out of the song that you don't normally hear you know like i mean we take my vocals for instance you know i've been a lot of people will compare me to puddle of mud or you know um uh, fuel i've gotten that one or you know but when he said uh i believe he said alice cooper and jonathan davis from corn yeah. <laughs> and uh and i just thought wow man like that's a very interesting you know take on it all you know what i mean like and and he, he totally did nail the, the uplifting part of it and stuff like that. And that's what, when I wrote the song, you know, when I wrote the lyrics, Bill, that's, that's what I was hoping to do because there's so much negativity in music these days, man. You know, everyone, everyone's about, you know, like, oh, I gotta, you know, unless you're listening to like country or rap, you know, rock music, you know, it's pretty like, you know, you know, rage and stuff. And I just thought, man, you know, there's gotta be a song out there, especially in this day and age, man. You know, how many people are, you know, it's, we're living depressing times, man. You know, I mean, people yeah, we are. <laughs> suicide and, you know, opiate, you know, epidemics and stuff like that. I mean, I just thought, well, wouldn't it be nice to just use that, that vessel to be able to communicate something good instead of bad, you know, to let people know that they, they don't have to be negative, that they can be positive. There is light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and 
he nailed that, man. He picked that right right up, and I, I really respect what he did, man. Fernando, he, he's got a great future in reviewing music, dude. Honest to God. I, I, I plan on getting him to do some more reviews for me, but you should keep keep you an really eye should. on for First Angel Media. That's he's doing um, videos there and um, like take, music videos, taking mean? photos. Uh, yeah. Did you see the one they did about the record store? No, I didn't. Ah, you need to go check it out. I, sure, I certainly will, man. I mean, I know, you know, I've talked to Shauna before. I've, I've met her and, you know, we've been shows and EBS and stuff like that. But I didn't know, uh, I've never met, and Patrick, I know Patrick too, you know. From he, Nine Stitch Method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and I know each other. But uh, Fernando, I've never heard of him. I never met him. I honestly, God, like just that name, I was like, Bill's, Bill's bullshitting me, man. Like, this is, <laughs> he's making this up, dude. This is his, like, alter ego or something, man. But, nah, no. Yeah. I don't like writing reviews. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he did a, He did a great job, man. I got, I got mad respect. And I, I'm definitely going to go check out his video, man. I didn't even know he did. He's quite an artist, man. I, I give him credit. But uh, yeah, so Fernando, you know, you'll, you'll be able to see a lot of his stuff on First Angel Media, and I'll be borrowing him from time to time as long as he's willing to do that. <laughs> oh, hey, he's he's yeah. got a plus in my book, man. I give him a I give him a good review for his review. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's what we're gonna do next, Doug. We're gonna take a moment and we're gonna listen to the fight, and then we'll come back. I'll let Dave D. Uh, ask his question from last episode of you, and then I'll, I'll give you a chance to ask your question that will be um, going on the next episode, which will be Jimmy from Dragline. Sounds good, buddy. Okay, so let's take a moment and listen to the fight.
Hey, we're back. So Dave D, and I'm, I'm going to explain why I botched saying that, because it sounds like such an easy name, right? <laughs> <laughs> Here's how it's spelled. You ready? Go for it. D-E-Y-V-D-E. Wait, D-E-Y-V-V-D-E. So here's Dave's question. Okay. What keeps you going when all else fails? When the people that you need let you down and the people that are closest aren't there, what keeps you going and motivated to just keep making music? You know, what, what keeps the drive going? Oh, okay. You know, actually, I didn't, uh, when I, I listened to the question, but I didn't hear the end part of it about the people letting you down and people closest to you. So that actually adds an interesting twist to uh, my answer. So, um, you know, Bill, honestly, music itself is what keeps me going when it comes to that, because I, I, my, my initial answer was going to be, you know, the people around me, <laughs> but when the people around me you know, are, are letting me down, I guess, in that sense, just knowing music is, is a, a safe place for me. It's a, you know, I hate to sound all, you know, like soft, you know, there, but I mean, when I say safe place, I, I mean, like I can, if I'm having a bad day, I can pick up my guitar and, and, and play it, you know, and, and I feel it, it just, you know, soothes my soul. But as far as, you know, like, like career wise, you know, keeping going and stuff like that, I just, I, I don't know how to quit, man. I really, I feel that I was put on this earth to make music. And, uh, you know, there are times where I feel like, you know, why, why am I doing this? Does anybody care? Am I, am I making a difference, you know? And uh, I just look for little signs along the way, man. There's little things that happen, you know, like you might get a killer gig or something like that. Or, you know, uh, maybe, um, you know, a good review from, from a guy named Fernando, you know, something, <laughs> something of that nature, you know, and just, it's those little things that, you know, I just think like, well, wow, man, like, yeah, I am making a difference. You know, people, people do care. People do listen. And, uh, you know, it, it, that, that inspires me to keep going and to, you know, always try to top my, my last work, man, you know, when it comes to songwriting and stuff or even live performances, you know, like if I, I watch a video of myself, you know, playing a show and I, I realized I wasn't, you know, that wasn't my best performance, then, you know, in my head, my automatic response is I have to do better. So I, I guess it's just, it's in me, man. I'm just driven. Like I, I can't, I couldn't quit if I, if I wanted to, dude. Hey, last thing. Go for it. What's your question for Jimmy? My question for Jimmy is what is it that you like and dislike about the Pittsburgh music scene? And what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a part of the Pittsburgh music scene, as opposed to perhaps maybe being in a, a more musical city like Nashville or LA or New York. And, uh, what, what is it that, you know, he, uh, he finds special about our scene as opposed to any other music scene out there. So now you have to listen to episode eight to find out what folk punk sounds like. I and, will do. And, and episode 10, so you can hear Jimmy's answer to your question. Oh, I'll definitely listen. I, I listen to it if you, if you didn't answer my question, because I find Jimmy to be a very interesting human being. So This has been episode 9 of Three Questions in a Song with Doug Carnahan from After the Fall.